Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Latino Business Report. Today, I'm so excited. I got a person that I've been trying to track down and get on the podcast for a while now. I'm a big fan, and his name is Lalo Acaraz. You may not recognize the name, but Lalo is a syndicated cartoonist of the comic strip La Cucaracha. Lalo, how are you doing today, sir? I am good. How are you, JR? Well, now that I got you on the podcast, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for taking time to, to actually be on the podcast. I know you're busy. You have uh, these daily cartoons that you're, that you're doing. You have so many things going on, and that's what I want to talk about. And for the listeners, that uh, this is audio only, so the listeners can't see. It's, uh, it's a little interesting. As Lalo and I are actually talking, he's not really paying attention. He's actually drawing at the same time. So it's like, ah, man. So Lalo... I, I, I am paying attention. That's you you are paying it. That's the way you pay attention. You draw. That's, that's why I'm so brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you're. Look, you're uh, uh, I'm going to show you what, I, what I'm drawing, and the audience will have to imagine. But I am doing a uh, an illustration for a city council member who wants to uh, kind of use this illustration to prove how much she loves the firefighters. She's sitting in a fire truck, and I'm drawing the beach and the sand and. Uh, it's due tonight, so I gotta draw while we talk, bro. God, hey, that that's okay, man. We gotta make a living. <laughs> we gotta make a living, and I am envious, Lalo, to be able to to actually make a living or turn your your talent into a business of drawing. I mean, that that's that's sweet. So, how how long have you been drawing? Uh, like I was uh, always say, the uh, I was drawing in the womb, and it was very painful for my my mom. Uh, and then when I came out. <laughs> With the pencils, uh, then I, I learned that uh, it runs in my family. So my okay. my my cousins in Mexico or uh, on my mom's side, uh, and my grandfather too. I just learned. So my cousins in Mexico became CPAs, but they were also uh, singers and painters and just just amazing, well-rounded people, unlike myself. And they had to go to university in. Um, in uh, Mexico City, because they're from Sinaloa, and there was no uh, El Chapo University at the time uh, there, and so they had to go out there. Um, and and actually, I'm writing a book about my childhood visits to Mexico City. Really, I'm doing okay. a graphic graphic novel about that. But anyway, I could talk about that later. But the uh, point is that uh, it runs in my family. I just learned recently that my grandfather on my mom's side used to draw cartoons uh, of people back on the rancho uh, in, uh, in, in Mazatlan. And uh, so that was another interesting thing to learn wow. about my family. So, so you definitely have, you have that artist gene running through your family then? Sometimes you got the gene. Sometimes you just take the class and learn how to draw. <laughs> so some of your relatives use their pencil to uh, sharpen them up to do taxes. You're doing yours to... <laughs> To uh, make cartoons, uh, Lalo. For those for those listeners who may not be familiar with with your comic strip, can you kind of explain the concept behind La Cucaracha and and um, kind of what it does and what you do with the strip? Sure. Uh, you know my my role models, and I'm taking a uh, I document everything, so I'm taking a photo of us right now, on the, and uh, on the screen the. Um, you know, I, I grew up reading uh, comics from from Tijuana. You know, I grew up on the border in San Diego, 
uh, and Tijuana. And uh, when my mom would take me down there, uh, you know, go get the every quincena, go get some groceries. Uh, we go go to the movies, go see Lucha Libre matinees all day. Uh, and, uh, and and also I get to read comics and I would read, you know, Spanish is my first language. So I would read Disney comics, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, I would read, read a lot of Donald Duck comics for some reason translated into uh, Spanish. Uh, and then I just started picking up a love for comics. Um, and then as I grew older, I would see uh, different cartoons that I like. And one that was very uh, foundational for me was uh, called Gordo. And it was a comic. It was the first Latino or Mexican or anything like that nationally syndicated comic strip in the U.S. Uh, and it was drawn by a Chicano from Tucson named uh, Gus Ariola. Uh, who ended up going to high school here in L.A. and ended up working in animation for Disney, Warner Brothers, you mm-hmm. name it. And uh, just, you know, we I think uh, the gene is strong in our people. Uh, it, was, it, that's, that's, it was called Gordo? It was called Gordo, and he was uh, Gus Ariola, And uh-huh. uh, it's a beautifully drawn strip uh, about a Mexican taxi driver. That's what how it started out uh, in the 40s. Um, wow. And, and Gus went to went, went to World War Two, came back, restarted the strip, went to uh, L.A., Hollywood uh, and uh, basically Burbank and uh, worked for animation because he was such a great artist. But his strip ran for like 40 years and uh, to the point where I got to see it as when I was a kid in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, and I was blown away by its beauty and uh, um, the the writing. Uh, and uh, it was just just an amazing, you know, to see that, you know, literally the role model, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Of, I mean, you're me. you're a young Latino, you know, you, and you love to draw, and you see a, a nationally syndicated strip like this. So I, I can assume not only a role model, but it kind of it kind of gave you some encouragement to pursue the uh, to pursue the career of, of being a cartoonist. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like I I, I saw. You know, I could do that. I think I can't draw it as beautifully as uh, Gus could. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he had his thing, and I, I have my thing, and uh, and my thing was uh, politics, and to to in, uh, create a strip, uh, you know that that showed how politics play out in people's lives and how news issues play out in people's lives, and that's that's how uh, La Cucaracha works. It's a strip about one of the best times of my life. When I was around 25, out of school, uh, no bills uh, and uh, no job to speak of. Uh, and uh, it was a pretty fun, free time. I got to be an artist. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and it's about, it's about a, a small group of friends like that that just reacts. And then, and then I blew it up to have, you know, cast of thousands, you know, lots of different characters experience uh, different, um, you know, um, issues, aspects of our lives as uh, as Latinos, as Mexican Americans, Chicanos. Now, Lalo, if you don't mind me asking, you're you're about how old? We, uh, I am fifty nine point nine years old. Fifty nine point nine, and the reason I ask, I'm just trying to get a, a try to get an idea of some of the experiences you've had. So, at fifty nine, 
uh, Vietnam War was already over, some other stuff. But and you've seen a lot of changes in your life, and, and that's what I really appreciate about some of your cartoons. You definitely are, I guess, what, political satire? I mean, you're kind of bold. I mean, I, I really, you're out there, you're making a statement. It's kind of, uh, some of it's tongue-in-cheek, some of it, some of it makes you think. And that's one of the things I also like about your cartoon strips is, some of the things that you do, I got to look at twice, and I just have to think about it for a second. I go, ah, now I now I get it. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you for making me think. I don't. People say I don't do that often enough, but uh, <laughs> your strips have have really helped it. So uh, once again, La Cucaracha. If if somebody has never seen the strip, it's is there is there a main character in there, or what's it about, or is it yeah. just a? Yeah, there's uh, several the main kind of three characters are the the cucaracha whose name is cuco rocha and he's an anthropomorphic cockroach uh human uh he's a chicano poet he's kind of a homie he uh he doesn't really have a job he's kind of an artist and then it's, is it your uh, alter ego Lalo? It, these are all my <laughs> alter egos yes okay and then uh the second character is eddie uh that's his kind of flip side and he's kind of a dopey guy that just kind of likes to watch watch the game have a beer uh and uh struggles to work for a living but he does works at a a crumbling newspaper uh and uh and then there's vero uh, eddie's girlfriend who's the common sense uh take no guff uh chicana uh okay. she's ba- based on my wife who's a public school teacher so vero's a school teacher and uh, and then there's uh, uh, those are the main characters. Then there's Neto, the little, Eddie's little brother, uh, and then a, a ton of people, man, and uh, lots of characters, including a small businessman who's a giant luchador titan <laughs> who owns a bar. And, uh, and and but the most popular character of all of them is Taco Cart guy, and he's like uh, he's just a taquero kind of a guru gives advice about life and as he's selling he had, his tacos yeah as he sells okay. you, uh, all kinds of different tacos and stuff okay well that makes sense and i just I, it just blows me away that you've been syndicated for over 20 years i mean that's that's quite an accomplishment um so congratulations congratulations on that but thank you have you ever gotten into your cartoons and actually have put them on film in some sort of animated version well, I've only been trying to pitch uh, La Cucaracha as an animated show for about 20 years. and So I, you just started, okay. I, I, yeah, so, uh, and I've, uh, you know, have, it's, it's uh, recently I've joined forces with a producer from uh, the Jim Henson Company, you know, the Muppets, uh-huh. and uh, we went, uh, before the strikes happened, uh, we went and pitched uh, La Cucaracha all over the place. We got rejected all over the place. But we have uh, the next phase of the plan is uh, we're going to do uh, a, a, sh- a short uh, episode, you know, two to five minute uh, short animated La Cucaracha uh, mini episode to um, kind of mini pilot to show around and just to, uh, you know, Show the executives like this yeah. can be a thing. With what it can do. Now I know you've worked on some other um, some other things. I've, you've worked with Pixar. You've worked with Disney. And I, I, if I recall, weren't you a uh, 
a cultural consultant on the on the animated version of Coco? Yes. Well, there's only one version of Coco, and it's the animated version. Yeah, so true. Te- okay. Technically, well, you're well. There's correct. a book, but I don't. It didn't have any pictures, so I didn't read. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I think I stopped saw, reading. I think you saw a packet of cocoa at the store. That that might have been. Yeah, man, but uh, no. Uh, the, so th- uh, th- thank you for correcting me and calling me out on my own show, Lalo. Thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. That's what I do. That's we could I do. we could I could I could have edited that out. Nobody would have been the wiser. But no, man, there's there, Lalo. Let's just call call Jr. out. It's better this way, trust yeah. me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was a cultural consultant on Coco. It was a great time. Uh, it so was I, how, did, how did you get that gig? I mean, that sounds cool. Yeah, it was wild. Um, I guess I got it by being a, a, a complainer, right? Like, uh, the we might all be familiar with uh, the story that uh, uh, the Walt Disney Company tried to trademark the term Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not the wisest thing the Disney Company has ever done. Um, and uh, they uh, they were working on this film uh, uh, about Day of the Dead, which was at the time called Dia de los Muertos. So they, you know, when you are 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 uh, going to merchandise a movie, uh, you're going to make T-shirts with the uh, your, the name of the movie on it, or uh, Happy Meals, or whatever. You got to have the name of your movie on that material. And you got to register a trademark. Sure, for it, right, sure. And so they did, and uh, they found out uh, that they made a big mistake by trying to trademark another country's um, holiday. Holiday, right? You're right, and it did not fly uh, with uh, Rasa, and so. What happened was there was a professor, I think in maybe in Denver, that started a petition that exploded uh, uh, over the course of about. This all played out about over four days in one week, um, and uh, as the news was posted about this thing, uh, which was a super fan that follows trademark applications, saw that Disney had applied for this trademark, and so they uh, posted about it not knowing they were going to cause a major headache for Disney, posted about it. Everybody found out. Petition was made. I drew a cartoon called Muerto Mouse about the whole uh, thing and how Disney was trying to trademark our culture. And then, uh, which uh, Disney owned uh, Pixar at the time. Disney now now owns everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, they, uh, uh, by Thursday night, uh, Disney withdrew the trademark application and went home uh, with the tail between their legs. So, uh, and we were all shocked that we actually won a battle, you know. (laughs) Against Disney. (laughs) Yeah, and so uh, flash forward to a year later, and I get a call from a friend who is a acquaintance who was um, a, a consultant for Disney on TV shows, on animated shows. And her name is uh, Marcella Davison Aviles from Tucson. Again, Tucson is a running theme here. Uh, uh, and she said, hey, the executive producer of Coco wants to talk to you about joining the team as a um, uh, cultural consultant. And, you know, I, I had been harassing Disney for a year for a job or, you know, for right. a pay, pay off or anything. 
uh, just uh, Marcella thought it would be a good idea because they're, they had assembled, uh, they were planning to assemble this, uh, uh, this trio of consultants, as myself, Marcella, and this Chicano playwright, uh, Octavio Solis from the Bay Area, who I, I had never met, but I, I knew, we knew all the same people. And, uh, and so together we were like the, the high council of uh, advising for this film of consulting. Uh, and so I, I made them take me out for uh, martinis and steaks uh, at Morton's Steakhouse. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I interviewed the, the, the consultant, and, but mainly the producer. And I said, look, are, are you going to have brown facing on this movie? You know, like Brad Pitt's not going to roll in and say, I'm a Calavera, you know, like, and they said, no, no, there's absolutely no brown facing. And, no brown uh, facing in animation. Okay, got it. Yeah, or at least on this project. Um, and then I said, are you going to listen to what we say? You know, and they said, well, absolutely. You know, I go, I'm not, I'm not trying to sign on as a rubber stamp here. I am here to provide a service uh, to make sure that this movie is good. Uh, so uh, at least you have to listen to me. You don't have to implement everything I said. They said, absolutely, we'll, we will listen. I said, well, all right, let's try it. You know, And of course I got a, bunch of, a lot of crap from uh, people in the community, just a few. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, those... those those tontitos are always with us. They're always going to always going to be somebody. Yeah. So you kind of you kind of uh, drove a hard bargain as you're eating that seventy nine dollars steak with your <laughs> <laughs> with your little sides and a, and a cocktail or two. But yeah, good, yeah. good for you. Good good for you. So you know, and you know, I saw the movie. I enjoyed it, and I I really liked the, the way it was done. But I'd never stopped to think that there's actual cultural consultants on the film but it makes sense and i'm glad it's there because it kind of it helps avoid all those incorrect incorrect little things or it just it just makes it the film better I and mean, especially for latino community goes yes that is us that is it yeah and i found you know, it you, I, go ahead uh yeah you, you know it's it's like uh, on a on a bottom line thing i mean it's protecting your investment you know where are you going to spend mm -hmm. quarter of a billion dollars and then do something stupid that people will walk out on. You know, they they Pixar doesn't do that. They make quality films and they do their research, and they did it on this. And then they say we can't do it alone. We need people from the community. And then we brought in other people from the community. You know, we had our own council of uh, of elders. We called them. You know, we, yeah. we brought people from all over. You uh, brought in your own advisory board. Yeah, exactly. And so they were cool about that. They they treated everybody respectfully and uh, we ended up with with a, a very good uh project uh at the end a very good product okay now lalo i know you have some other projects in the hopper right now um would you mind or can you talk about that yet some of the other projects that you, that you have going sure i started during the pandemic uh, a friend uh, uh, of mine uh, rick torres and I, and i started a production company and it's called Pocho Villa Productions, and we Pocho Villa, yeah, and okay, uh, and so we uh, wanted to make uh, you know Latino focused films that uh, would be successful everywhere, uh, and uh, it, 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 we've been developing stuff, and 
we've been talking about doing it forever. And then finally, uh, you know, we, we started collecting some script ideas and buying some uh, rights to uh, articles and, you know, trying to seduce people to give us rights for things um, for, excuse me, for very interesting. A lot of them were historically oriented films. Uh, and then we came upon this, uh, a kid's film. I can't really talk about the concept, but it's, okay. um, it's a, it's, it's a kid's adventure film. Uh, and, uh, it wasn't initially, it was, it was about Pancho Villa. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, uh, we, we, we switched it up, uh, to make it a kid's, a family film and, uh, uh, an adventure comedy. And then basically we hired, uh, a, a writer that I work with on a TV show, uh, called the Casa Grandes. Um, on Nickelodeon, which we could talk about that too, because that's interesting. And then, uh, so uh, hired her to rewrite that script that we had, and uh, I'm currently working on punching up the script, and uh, we're going to be uh, hopefully come out of the gate next year, and uh, you know, see if we could sell it, get it made, something, uh, because we we need more Latino focus projects you know the there's that yearly report you see that oh yeah i mean latinos, latinos <laughs> go to the i mean we're we're the ones who go to the movies more i mean on opening weekends we're at the movies we spend our money at the movies we spend it but yet you know you don't see any latinos on on the big screen very few very yeah. few the frustrating thing is that uh yeah cause, because you know we're kind of family oriented and didn't, didn't i'm sorry didn't, but didn't you recently do a, a strip or something about uh, Latinos being invisible on the on the yeah. screen. Yeah, I'll tell you the. It, yeah, it was, uh, it was. I'll tell you the 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 kind of joke behind that one was. Uh, uh, cartoonists do uh, uh, blackout strips, like oh the mm-hmm. power went out, and then they draw a black square, and they just have the writing right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a trick we do when we're really behind on stuff, right? So <laughs> I was like, I just came up with another one, and I'll combine it with. Latinos being invisible in Hollywood, and I don't have to draw anything except the dialogue and the just the dialogue. Right. You know, and, I and, saw <laughs> that. It, it made me look twice, saying, "Okay, this is clever." <laughs> and so, what? What? The reason I was extra behind on work because I'm always extra. I'm always behind on work, but was my assistant Joaquin Junco Jr. And I have not made an announcement on this, but he had to uh, quit uh, helping me draw the strip. At which I'd, I'd employed him for five years so that uh, to, to draw and put together the strips uh, so I could write them and so that I could do all of my other millions of projects of trying to do shows mm-hmm. and et cetera. And I, was, I think I was working at Nickelodeon at the time when I first hired him and I had a lot of money. Uh, and uh, so, <laughs> um, but uh, the, the guy had to go and uh, reproduce. So he has a baby and he's got more responsibilities. Nah. So, yeah, I know, right? Like, That'll slow yeah. you down. Family schmamily. Uh, but anyway, so he, uh, he, he, let, he, he, uh, he, he, he left me the strip. <laughs> and so I was like, I gotta, I gotta blast something out real quick, man. This is like, I am so behind. And I came up with that idea, but. But that 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 um, concept is always it's there every year. Not not just the the fact that we over index in spending and entertainment because we're such 
loyal consumers, right? But the fact that uh, in in films, in starring roles, uh, in, in, in this applies to book publishing too. We are stuck at about six percent uh, of characters. It's been from four percent to about maybe at the, at the most eight percent of characters in movies, film, TV shows. But around six percent is the general average, and it doesn't change from year to year. I know. Do you, do you, do you remember the the decade of the Latino? You know, we had like five of them, right? Right. <laughs> we'll probably we'll probably have a few more. <laughs> and every year they promise, oh, this is it. This is the breakout oh, yeah. year. And then, yeah. and then it's the same old thing, same old story. Hollywood won't put us in in our own, uh, you know, stories. And, and, and it's very discouraging. Or when they bring in, and I'm not saying he didn't do a great job, but when you bring in Lou Diamond Phillips to, you know, for La Bamba, yeah. and he's he's Filipino and he's not even Mexicano, and you start they start switching things off. Well, at least it's not like the movies in the in the in the fifties and some of the sixties where people they got all kinds of different people to portray, you know, Latinos. Oh, yeah. But uh, no, um, on on this on this Latino I, business report, on, I, I'm on sorry, this... I I heard that Brad Pitt is going to play uh, Richie Valens next. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Anyway. I I wouldn't I would not doubt it, but yeah, I had a great I got I had a great podcast um, earlier this year with uh, with Luis Guzman, and yeah. Yeah, that 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 guy that guy is just hilarious. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. There's not enough. I mean, we represent what twenty percent twenty percent of the country. Our population continues to grow. I mean, we're we're a viable political economic force. I mean, if you were to get all the Latinos in the continental U.S. and if we were to have our own country. We'd be the fifth largest GDP in the world, and, and we and we'd have the best food on the planet, right? Right. <laughs> so it 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 just baffles me to see why Hollywood is not um, not only even telling our stories more, but putting us, you know, putting the putting our own people on the screen because it's going to do nothing but attract you know more business. But uh, I mean, look, I mean, even though it was, it was beautifully done, but you know, Coco, I mean, that thing just blew the doors off of everybody. I mean, that was that was great. That's right. Um, it it made uh, eight hundred fifty million dollars worldwide, and uh, uh, you know it cost reportedly about, like I said, a quarter billion dollars, two hundred two hundred thirty to fifty, you know, million. And they that I'm I'm I didn't get into the arts to do math, but that sounds like a profitable movie. That, that, that's one of your other relatives, those CPAs. Yeah, no, those guys. <laughs> but but what I also found interesting about Coco is that it it was also educational for non-Hispanics. Yeah, to realize they're like ah now now I get what this whole thing is about. And then recently, what uh, a million miles away, the movie right. about the astronaut. I mean, all. <sighs> There again, I mean, all these are blockbusters that just the powers that be for some reason just keep ignoring, you know, the talent that we have in our community and putting our stories on the screen the way they need to be depicted where we are our own heroes and not some white guy coming in on a horse saving the world for, for yeah. all of us, all us poor Latinos who can't, you know, figure out figure it out on our own. But that's, that's right. another that's another podcast. Oh yeah, well you know, uh, yesterday Norman Lear died, and there was a guy who uh, he died at 101 years old, t- famous TV producer, and uh, gave us some of the greatest shows of the 70s, um, and uh, a big advocate for Latinos, and and created the Imagen Awards, uh, an event I was at 
on Sunday uh, because we were nominated my show that I yeah I saw I saw that on Facebook congrats on that the the Casa Grandes we were nominated for uh, uh, an an Imagen Award and that thing was started by Norman Lear uh, I didn't know that yeah he he was a big big advocate for us getting and African Americans uh, being treated with equity in the industry you know. You know, talking about awards, I mean, I saw something. Didn't you win a nice little award last year? Um, I did. The, the Herblock, what was it? Yes, the Herblock Award is, uh, you know, the because the, the Pulitzers uh, are messing up. But we could talk about that, too. But uh, the, the Herblock Award is named after Herblock, a longtime cartoonist for the Washington Post. Uh, and uh, it, it's all about promoting editorial cartooning as a as a, a, a profession um and i won uh the award got a you know 25 grand or 20 grand and a nice uh silver trophy uh by uh, a, but a real silver trophy right and uh, a mean, real it, one not not a chafa no a real one man <laughs> and good uh, little and a, and a good little bit of cash there i mean that was what do you say twenty thousand twenty five thousand twenty thousand and uh I, american uh, not pesos, not pesos. <laughs> okay. Just, 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 <laughs> wanted, just wanted to clarify. <laughs> and so the uh, the award, the ceremony was held at the uh, Library of Congress, and uh, I invited uh, 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 Sonia Sotomayor to come. And oh, nice! Senator Alex Padilla came, uh, our senator here in California, um, and uh, it was uh, it was great. Um, and uh, I also, in recent years, have won, uh, it was a finalist, twice finalist for the Pulitzers, uh, but they, uh, they, they recently canceled uh, the, the editorial, car- they, they changed the editorial cartoon uh, ca- category to be something like uh, visual reporting or something, and so it's kind of killing uh, Just right before you win it, they change the rules. There you go. Why do they always do that? Uh, you know, it always seems to happen to me. <laughs> well, well, I noticed also that, um, especially during the COVID, you were very active with that pencil on um, encouraging, uh, you know, vaccines or at least fighting the anti-vaccine element out there. What what caused you to do that? Uh, well, we I met a uh, a friend, uh, uh, Dr. Gilbert Lopez, who is a PhD at Harvard, and he uh, is from the Central Valley of California, uh, where all the farm workers, uh, you know, many farm workers live and work. And he had uh, told me I want to do something with art and medicine, and uh, eventually, you know, a few years later, and the pandemic hit. And he said, well, now's our opportunity. I want to write a grant to do animation that reaches uh, farm worker communities in central in the Central Valley. And I said, I'm down. And so out of that came my my first directing credits for animation in uh, these short uh, PSAs. Uh, we did did several for uh, COVID um, awareness and, uh, and, and anti-misinformation uh, fighting and uh, the misinformation. And uh, it, was, it was really great to be able to, uh, you know, get that message out in a fun way 
uh, that that promotes critical thinking. There you uh, go. But, but also public health, and I've been doing more more stuff like that ever since. And for those of you in the audience that are still kind of wondering, yes, Lalo continues to draw as we as we're talking. He's been, <laughs> he's been drawing the whole time to meet that deadline. Uh, Lalo, one other thing I do want to bring up. Uh, well, a couple other things, but one, if nobody, uh, you know, newspapers are, are tough. A lot of people don't read them. Anymore. Can they find your cartoons online? Oh yeah, you can. Uh, and you know, you can you can always go to the L.A. Times if you want to pick up a paper, go to San Diego Union Tribune, and various other smaller papers throughout uh, the Southwest mainly. But I used to be in a ton of papers all over the country, but uh, papers pulled back on uh, comics pages and the size of papers and many papers mm-hmm. just went away. But uh, if uh, you go to gocomics.com slash La Cucaracha or slash Lalo Alcaraz, you can find, uh, uh, you can get my, my strip uh, daily sent to your inbox uh, for free. Oh, uh, nice. And, yeah, you could join Go Comics and pay... I mean, something dumb like nine bucks a year or something and get other benefits. Uh, you can see all my cartoons going all the way back 21 years. Uh, wow. And, uh, yeah, so uh, um, do that. I also have a website called pocho.com, and you can go there and see my cartoons, or you can go to laloalcaraz.com and read more about me if you really want to write me a hateful letter and, uh, <laughs> and use hurtful facts. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do for the, for the listeners who may have not caught all that. I'm going to go ahead and put it on the podcast notes, and we'll do a link on the podcast notes so you can go back, go back and look, and just go ahead and click and go one to uh, to Lalo's cartoons. Now, Lalo, one thing I'm excited about, and I saw it. You do an annual calendar. Yes, sir. I let's, do. let's talk about that calendar before we wrap up, and how I'm, I, I definitely want one. I know that uh, I've already talked to some some of my friends, and uh, before we got on the show, and they said they want one. So tell us All about right. the calendar, what it's like, and how can we get one. So I, uh, when I was at Berkeley, uh, I studied architecture. I got a master's in architecture at UC Berkeley, uh, and uh, there was a guy in my program from the South, and this guy I don't even remember his name right now, uh, but. He used to work in in a, a, a architect's shop, you know, an architect's office, in the print department, uh, right? The print shop inside the firm, and you, where you make all the blueprints and all that. Right, right. Every year on Christmas, he would hijack the machines and make his own calendar with public domain art, and then make okay. up his own dates, like his birthday. His mom's birthday and all this stuff, and then he would make a bunch and give them out for Christmas gifts, right? And I looked at, and he gave us one, or he had one, one year around Christmas time, and I was like, "I'm gonna steal that idea. That's such a good idea. Make my own calendar with dates only important to me." Uh, and uh, and and that was, uh, I think, around 1990. Maybe ninety eight or seven. I made the first one, so I've been doing that for about twenty five or so years, uh, and it's been improving ever since. The first ones were black and white Xerox copies that I had to rip off from somewhere, <laughs> and then uh, and now it's a glossy, uh, beautiful calendar, that, uh, and uh, um, it is a 
Uh, oh, I have the, the, well, I have the cover. I have some of the images right here. These are just the printouts. Uh, but this is last year's calendar. It's nice and glossy uh, and uh, featured. Oh, so it's a, it's a good size calendar. I mean, it's. What are, oh, dimen- yeah. what are the dimensions? Can you tell? I mean, it looks like yeah, a... it's it's like uh, you know, uh, eleven by seventeen, opened up all the way. You know, okay. it's no it's no tortilleria calendar, all right, but it's pretty <laughs> and, and, good. And, and, and it is it is it's not a calendar with the, with the Virgin Mary on it or something. No, no. Uh, but if you want, I'll put one on there. But uh, so it's you know it's got it's basically my best of. Uh, cartoons and then some kind of time timely ones and then some uh, you know um, some uh, evergreen cartoons and jokes about tamales and then the mm-hmm. the da- the dates are important dates to me uh, anniversaries and birthdays that I have to rem- remember so I don't get uh, kicked out of the house there and you then, go and then also important historical facts like November of seventeenth. Uh, of uh, uh, of 2023 was the day that uh, the anti-immigrant Proposition 187 in California was declared unconstitutional. There you and, go. And then we have the Premier of Coco, November 22nd in 2017, uh, and uh, and and Ever James almost birthday, of course, which is a national <laughs> holiday, right? So and should be. This, this year's calendar has an old illustration I did. The, the 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 calendar of Latino pop culture, which of of course has Eddie in the middle, and mm-hmm. it's kind of an Aztec calendar takeoff. And I'm going to be making this as a poster later, but this is a tease for people. So if you go to laloalcaraz.com, that's laloalcaraz.com, and uh, uh, you can uh, pay right there and get your own uh, uh, 2024 cartoon calendar. And I am about to start mailing them out because I. I'm getting them tonight, so. Oh, uh, congrats! Well, okay, yeah. so not only are you drawing the calendar, but you have to do your own shipping. Lalo, you don't have you oh, don't have people oh. for that. I do have now. I have one assistant that's going to help me <laughs> ship, and she's she is probably going to be sad this week because I'm going to try to work her to death. But um, uh, yeah, I so she, that'll free me up to autograph them. I I autograph there you them go. every year. So, oh great! Uh, so every 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 uh, calendar comes with your with your autograph on it. Yeah, I can't I can't personalize. I can't put like Tuchata, I love you. Okay, you know. So but you, I, I will. Tuchata, I love you. You're the only one. Okay, I get you're it. You're the only. One. <laughs> you're the only one, and it's a rubber stamp that you use. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, okay. but I appreciate you bringing that up. No, in fact, we'll put that on the podcast uh, podcast notes as well. I mean, I definitely uh, I've been enjoying your your strip. I've been enjoying your your cartoons that I come across, and uh, thank you for sharing with with us where we can actually see your your complete body of work. And um, you do this as a business. I mean, this is a full time gig, and and your whole production studio. Con- congratulations and good luck on that. And I just. Keep up the fight, and as you said, you've only been trying to push some of these concepts for twenty years. But okay, I mean, just just keep <laughs> yeah. at it, amigo. Just keep at it. We'll we'll get there. What and I else think, is there to do? Well, what else is there to do? And from my perspective, I really want to say thank you because individuals like you are promoting the culture, our community, and keeping up the fight. I mean, if if you back off, that's just one less one less warrior out there to, for for the cause. So just keep doing it. 
and you're talented, well, you. you're creative, you come up with some great ideas, you definitely uh, make some good political points, you kind of stick it in their face sometimes when it needs to be stuck in their face, so thank you for doing that. So, um, thank you. Lalo, you strike me as a person that says, no, but I don't care if you carry my strip or not, this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say what I'm going to say, like it or don't like it, but this is what I'm going to do. So, I try. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I do well, like well, to eat, I do like to eat though. Yes, you still like you still like the paycheck <laughs> and the sponsorship. And, and and as this is the Latino Business Report, folks, this is a business for Lalo. I mean, this is this is his business, and I'm I am I am jealous. I am I I am the 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 respect and admiration I have for somebody who's gotten a talent, a simple talent. Well, not a simple talent, a talent like yours, and have turned it into not only a business for yourself. But also an industry, part of an industry, and Lalo, no time soon, I hope. But it's already happening. I mean, your your work is iconic. I mean, it is part of. It is now a part of the tapestry of the American and especially Latino culture out there in this country. So, so thank you for doing that, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, you know, my uh, I've been approached by uh, the Smithsonian, and I'm going to have my papers at the. Uh, at the uh, Archive of American Artists, um, and that's uh, the first time I enjoyed being asked for my papers. So, wow! <laughs> and you were asked for your papers not by a a, a, a border patrol agent or, no, or at sir. a checkpoint. No, sir. Finally, we need to see. We need to see your papers, boy. Um, <laughs> so, the Smithsonian has been asking. Is that is that in conjunction with the new Latino uh, Smithsonian that they're going to be building, or is it for? It, it, no, for the American not. history, it it is no. It's uh, neither. It's the the archive of American artists, and that's where it's not artwork. It's your your papers, your things oh, that brought you okay. inspiration. You know, kind of record of your work. The, that got kind of it. Stuff. Got it. So they'll probably want to have a copy of this podcast in the Smithsonian as well, right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, they're, 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 <laughs> Can you have an example of a time you made fun of the podcast host? All right. Yes. yes. Well, Lalo, uh, thank you very much. And, and folks, Lalo is still drawing. I mean, I've had like zero eye contact with him, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm just appreciative and, that he, that he I made it. I barely got this far. I'm like eating there, the there, black lines. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, for the for the audience, Lalo, uh, we can see each other, uh, but we're recording audio only. So he just held up his drawing for me. Oh, uh, yeah, here's the one I editorial cartoon I just did, which was my I, I uh, saw that Elon Go Musk. X, X. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's a better one. That's uh, that's some, that's some good stuff. And and ladies and gentlemen out there, you too can get not only see but get a copy of Lalo's stuff, uh, especially on that calendar. We're going to do that, Lalo. What's that? What's that calendar going to retail for? It is twenty two ninety five, and I've kept the price uh, the same as last year. Uh, I didn't try to, you know, uh, break the bank of people because uh, I know there's a lot of inflation. And it comes, you know, and then you you got to pay for the you know, pri- priority mail shipping, but you do get it fast. Our our U.S. postal service is uh, the best on the planet, I think, and. Uh, and then you uh, you pay the taxes because you know I gotta pay taxes. You know? Gotta gotta pay taxes. So we're talking twenty two ninety twenty two ninety five. Yes. Okay. And that is for a it's a twelve month calendar. 
It's a 12-month, and uh, it's got it's guaranteed 365 days wow. on it. So, yeah. Folks, for less than the price of one taco a day, you can get a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some background music for the price. For, for for less than the price of one taco, you can have Lalo's calendar on your wall, bringing you joy and happiness 365 days out of the year. That's so, right. uh, Lalo, I'm definitely going to get one of those calendars. Thank you very much. And before we go, is there anything you'd like to uh, to share or, or leave with our audience, another project, a thought? Uh, you uh, know, um, the last couple times I've spoken about, uh, the, like, the plight of artists, and it's like, A, you know, I, I appreciate the commercial for the calendar. Uh, support living artists. You know, the dead ones don't need your help right now. <laughs> they don't need your money. Yeah. And, uh, and also... Uh, you know, when you hire an artist, it's a cliche, but it's like you are paying for all the years of experience. And that goes for any expert, right? Like sure. you're paying for all the training, all those nights, late nights. That's what you're paying for. And you, you, you get a good product uh, at the end. And, and also on a cultural kind of a, you know, um, you know, we, we're in a very sensitive era. But I just want to ask audiences and people, give give comedians, give us a little... Give us a little break, you know. We're we're just trying to crack jokes, and we're also evolving. Don't be so don't be so sensitive, man. Don't be so sensitive. <laughs> you know, just uh, give us a little leeway, and uh, know that we're not. It's 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 your intent, you know. It's not, you know, like the uh, the we're not trying to harm anybody. We're just trying to crack jokes, look at things in a new light, and uh, just just. Yeah, and it gives us a different way of looking at ourselves also. It's kind of like, don't don't be so serious about it. But you make an excellent point, Lalo. As an expert, as a professional in the industry, you know, it, it deserves recognition, and it shouldn't be for free. Uh, people need to pay for that, for that expertise. Yes. Now, obviously, and, go yeah, ahead. And like, like El Pachuco said uh, in Zutsu, right, Edward James Olmos, uh, don't take the... the Play, don't take the play so pinchy seriously, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and 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 to your to your point about you know um, uh, people should be paid for their talents. Obviously, this podcast is out there for free, so that yeah. kind of connotes I have no talent, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll keep trying. <laughs> Lalo, amigo, gracias. Thank you once hey. again for for taking time. Thank you, Jr. And un saludo to all the people out there listening, and especially. Our hardcore fans in Bangladesh. There you go, Bangladesh. Woo! Bangladesh. I can't believe. It. Thank you for remembering. I just looked at my analytics today, and they popped up again. I don't oh, know who man. it is in Bangladesh. If you're listening to this podcast, send me an email through our website, latinobusinessreport.com. I want to know who you are and why consistently every week you're listening. And if I get if if you contact me, I will send you a Latino Business Report shirt cap. Lala will draw something for you. I don't know, but my 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 uh, my listeners in Bangladesh, I, I love you. God bless you, and of course the listeners every place else in the in the U.S. And uh, we we get them from some strange places, but that's the power of, of modern day media. Folks, uh, J.R. Gonzalez here, host Latino Business Report. If you like the show, give us a like, uh, uh, send us a, a, a message through the website, give us a comment, and also you, you can go to latinobusinessreport.com. You can find our entire body of work. You can also find our entire body of work on YouTube. Okay, until next time, um, be safe, have a good day, and uh, 
be looking for that cucaracha strip. That's right. Don't don't stop uh, on the cucaracha. Don't stop. Keep reading. Keep laughing. All right.